Hey everyone, welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. I hope that you are all safe and well. So this week I'm going to be answering some of my most frequently asked questions. Over the last year I have been delivering talks and virtual events and the Q&A section at the end whether I'm speaking to a big organisation, whether I'm speaking to leaders in the team or more junior members from careers events to students, I'm finding that I'm being asked the same questions again and again and again. So I thought that it would be useful for me to share some of those questions and answers with you all as well. So the first question is, I often start things, but I find it difficult to stick with them and to complete things and to see things through to the end. So this is something that comes up a lot. Often people will say that they say, you know what, starting something new, great, but actually life happens, things change, I fall off the wagon and I just can't stay motivated to keep, yeah, to keep going with things. So how can you, I guess, keep up that momentum? So firstly, I think it's about understanding that the motivation that you that initially starts is never going to last. I often talk about motivation like being a match. You light the match and then you have maybe a few seconds before the match blows out. So that initial spark, that motivation, just acknowledging that and not expecting it to, to stay, it's almost a bit of a contradiction or an oxymoron to say sustain motivation because I don't believe you can. I think it's just an initial spark. So after that, first bit after the match has blown out, then I actually think you need something else to keep you going, whether that's structure, whether that's discipline, whether that's accountability, but actually you don't need motivation to to be able to complete things. You only need motivation to start. But another thing when it comes to completion is about reframing actually what you deem to be a success. So when you when you do an exam, you might have to get 70% or 80% of the questions right to pass the exam. You don't need to get 100%. It's not a binary 100% pass or fail. So I've started to apply that to things in my life. So this eight out of 10, 80% rule, whether it's how many miles I need to run per month to train for a race, or when I was writing the book, how many, what's the word count that I need to get done this week? And if I'm 80% there, then I'm still making progress. It's still a success. It's not a failure because I didn't, I didn't complete 100% of it. So that I think sometimes as well is, is a helpful way to think about it so that you're not constantly berating yourself for not getting a hundred percent success rate and being perfect, you know, let go of the idea of perfectionism and aim for eight out of 10. So the next question is, have you ever suffered from imposter syndrome? You seem so confident. So if so, how do you overcome it? This topic, again, I've talked about a lot recently. And firstly, I guess, what is imposter syndrome? So it's when you believe that you are not good enough or you're not qualified enough to do the role or to be in the room or to be in the position that you're in. And actually two out of three women have said that they feel imposter syndrome in the UK in the workplace. So it's a very common thing. And actually even people such as Michelle Obama and Serena Williams have also talked openly to the media about imposter syndrome. So at least we're in good company in knowing that it's very common. And what I'd say about it on a personal level is yes, I definitely have experienced that in the past where I felt like actually, yeah, I've been given an opportunity or I'm doing something, a work project. And I'm like, this is amazing. I'm so excited to be doing this. But inside I'm thinking, really, how how have I managed to, to book this job? Or do they realize that it's just me? And it's that feeling that you're going to get found out. And actually often there's, there's two things that come to mind when I think about imposter syndrome. One is that sometimes maybe that little voice, that little nudge can be used 
in a positive way, as long as it's not debilitating and, you know, causing you to, to be overly anxious about it, it can actually be a, be a bit of a positive nudge that says, Adrian, have you really prepared enough for this? Or have you done enough research or enough work or enough to, to be doing this? Because if you have, maybe you're not going to feel so nervous or maybe you're going you're gonna to be like, yeah, I'm definitely the right person for this because I've prepared. But I think if you're underprepared or, you know, we need to do things that stretch us. So we need to get out of, you know, our comfort zone and feel a little bit out of our depth sometimes but it just yeah it can be a nudge for me to just work a little bit harder and do a little bit more prep but on the other side of it as well I think it's important to recognize when the imposter syndrome comes because of perception and because of maybe even your own perception of yourself and what others think about you and just just letting that go and realizing that if someone asks you a question you know maybe they're interested to know more for example oh where did you go to school or you know did you go to university or maybe they're just asking you a question to to learn more about you it's not necessarily to to catch you out or to find you out and sometimes our own idea or our own little voice can actually sabotage us so I think it's important to recognize when it's helping you when it's not helping you when it's debilitating and you're just yeah critiquing yourself or being being a perfectionist and then I think it's useful to draw on past experiences past achievements maybe speak to a friend somebody that you trust who you can say you know what I'm feeling like this I'm feeling out of my depth I feel like I'm yeah I'm feeling imposter syndrome right now and having a conversation and just being honest just saying it and talking about it and then rationalizing it and saying actually you know what I've done this in the past or actually I have a lot of experience doing that and that and that and I'm sure that when you talk it out with someone pick the person who you know is going to support and encourage you and say come on you're being ridiculous just remember who you are what you've done what your intention what your purpose why you want to do it you're great you're the best go for it we we all have that friend I hope you have that friend who you can call on who's going to say come on you can do this with your eyes closed it's always great to call that friend so that's my advice when it comes to imposter syndrome Okay, so the next question is, how do you make a positive change to your life if other people around you don't support you? Wow. I mean, this question, I've been asked this. I can think of three examples. And it's a such it's a really, really good question. And so many other people are like nodding along being like, yes. And I was actually talking about the power hour and the concept around, you know, rising early. But one example that somebody brought up was actually about food and about diet and about lifestyle change and saying, you know what, I've really been trying to make positive changes to my life, but my partner doesn't support it. And actually, the partner is essentially derailing the the other person because they're saying oh you know come on forget it you're being ridiculous or have a glass of wine or have some dessert or you know don't worry about it and just kind of yeah derailing them a little bit or or saying to them why are you doing that you know you don't need to do that or that's ridiculous or why are you reading that or just kind of belittling actually the person's choice to make a change and it's a really difficult one to answer if I'm honest you know it's a relationships are complex and it's difficult to kind of say to somebody you do you don't listen to anybody else don't worry about what they think but the reality is we don't live our lives in isolation we live them with others and other people have a huge influence on us for better or for worse so what advice could I give well I think firstly being honest honesty communicating that and saying look this is really important to me I need you to support me in this and actually if you can't support it fine, but please don't make it harder for me by belittling, criticising, because it's important to me. And therefore, yeah, I, I really need you to support me. Secondly, I think it's, it is difficult to do things uh, alone and to think, you know what, 
really, really, really think about why you want to do it. And don't put pressure on yourself to, I don't know, get the approval of other people or get the permission from other people. But just say, I have made this decision myself, me. I have made this decision is something that I want. And that is all you need to know. You don't need, as I say, the permission or or the validation. You can give that to yourself. Empower yourself with that by saying, this is my choice. This is my life. And only I can do this. Only I can live it. Only I can make this positive change. So yeah, good luck if you are trying to make a positive change in your life. And hopefully as well, last thing on that is that hopefully, you know, show don't tell. Often when people criticize or roll their eyes or whatever, just let them do it. But don't, you know, try and shove it down their throat. But then eventually, if they see the positive change, often people will say, oh, actually, I want want in on that now. So show, don't tell. And yeah, good luck. Okay, and the last question, because you know what, right now, I don't think I've done a single Q&A without being asked about motivation. Just that word. So many questions. Whatever the question is, it's always comes down to motivation. And given the situation that we've had over the last year, I think motivation for most people has just been at an all time low. Let's be honest. You know, we're not robots. We are human beings. And it's been it's been a lot. It's been challenging. So my top piece of advice when it comes to motivation is to remember that time is finite. Okay, what's that got to do with motivation? Well, there's always going to be more things on your to do list. Work is infinite. To-do list is infinite. Errands are infinite, but time is finite. So what are the things where your focus goes, your energy flows, what are the things that you are spending the most time on and just strip it back to the simple things. Are they making you feel good? Is it giving you more energy than it takes? Are you excited? Are you, you know, if time is finite, do you want to spend that time on things that are draining you, making you feel bad, you know, reliving a story of the past again and again and again, negative, negative, negative. Or do you want to spend that time looking forwards and creating better and just focusing on the things that fill your heart with joy, fill your mind with excitement and things you can visualize and things that when you talk about it, you actually get goosebumps and the hairs on your arms stand up because you're so excited. That is where I want to spend my time, my energy and my focus. And that ultimately is what motivates me, even when I'm lacking motivation, which I have definitely felt that in the last few months. We all have ebbs and flows. I've had ebbs and flows when it comes to motivation, too. And so when I've really needed to get my energy back and boost my mood, that is what I go to. Adrienne, time is finite. How do you want to spend it? Don't waste a single minute. As always, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question, then you can tweet, Instagram, all the links are in the show notes. I really hope that you found this episode useful. Have an awesome week and stay safe. See ya. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.